0: Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Marin, and I'm the host of the podcast, And today I'm being joined by a two-in-one professional mixed martial artist and this isn't any pro MMA fighter that I've had on in the past. It's pretty incredible what this man has done in three fights, including what happened in his only loss in his pro career. I can't wait to talk to him about that and so much more. Today I'm honored to be joined by Nature Boy Blake Perry. Thanks for coming on the show, Blake, and welcome to Forged in Ohio. Hey, man, I'm stoked to be here. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course, man. I appreciate you joining me. The first thing that I definitely have to address for the listeners is your connection to Ohio, because I only feature fighters out of Ohio on the podcast. And if someone were to look up your topology page, it says born in the United States and fighting out of California. Now, I've listened to your other interviews, so I'm aware of your Ohio roots. But for people listening, what is your connection to the Buckeye State?
1: Yeah, 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 of course. So I was born and raised in a small town, Jefferson, in Ohio, between between Cleveland and Youngstown. Yeah, just small town in Ohio. I was I grew up there, was born there, moved out of Ohio when I was 22 years old. I moved uh, to Hawaii. And I was out there for three years, got my fighting start out there, and then moved to the Bay Area of California, and I've been out there the past about two, two and a half years. So I've kind of bounced around. So my, my fighting career has been all in Hawaii and California, but I was born and raised in Ohio.
0: So you start in Ohio, go to Hawaii, and then at California where you are now, what caused you to first leave Ohio and go to Hawaii? So I'm actually
1: in the military. I'm in the Air Force. And uh, I was stationed in Hawaii for three years. And I'm currently stationed at uh, Travis Air Force Base in Fairfield, California. So it's just kind of the, the places I was dealt. And I was super fortunate. You know, you can't can't complain with, you know, Hawaii and California. So I, I definitely lucked out. But yeah, I was sent there for uh, the military.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. What inspired you to get into the military and the Air Force?
1: Dude, to be brutally honest, I just always kind of wanted to do it, and I didn't have a whole lot of plan after school, so I figured, you know, why not, man? It's, it's the perfect way to travel. It's it's the poor man's vacation, you know? You got no choice but to travel for free and go see parts of the world that you never would have otherwise, you know? So, it definitely has been a blessing, and, you know, down the road, too, it's been amazing for my flight career, getting able to network all across the country, and even you know partway across the ocean in Hawaii so uh it's it's been super awesome
0: now is it easy to find like a balance between your job what you do in the air force and your MMA career and everything that goes into being a fighter
1: um yeah you know it's challenging however to to be honest you know it's really not much different from anyone who has a a full-time job and fights also you know which is majority of professional fighters you know a, a lot of people you know, see social media and that type of stuff. And it creates the, the image that all they do is fight and that's it. However, unless you're, you know, that very top percent financially, when it comes to fighting, uh, you're going to have to have some side hustle, even if it's just coaching in your gym or something to have other revenues of income. So yeah, you know, it's it's definitely work to balance it. However, I'm kind of fortunate to where my specific job in the military isn't crazy compared to a lot of jobs in the military. You know, I'm I'm not always deployed for six months at a time or a year at a time. Nothing, nothing crazy like that. I'm pretty fortunate to have a relatively set schedule and know ahead of time when I'm going to be on the road and when I'm not. So I'm able to, you know, balance it just like anybody else with a full-time job and uh, make it work.
0: Yeah. With that set schedule, what does your day-to-day life look like with working and training and everything like that?
1: yeah so um usually it's pretty pretty simple you know i just get up in the morning go to work um kind of a normal time you know just like everybody else probably anywhere between seven to eight thirty, you know kind of a normal start time go there i'll work my first half of the day i'll get in a little workout midday just on my own like some strength and conditioning or some bag work or something you know to on, on that level and then finish out the second half of my work day come home, chill for a little bit, and then I go to my gym at night and uh, train. You know, we have a team training. I'll be out there usually from about 6 to 9 p.m. Yeah, and then that's come home, chill for a little bit, maybe hit the hot tub street, and then call it a night.
0: Let's say you make it as far as you want to in mixed martial arts, then what does that really mean for your future in the Air Force? Um. So I have about... A little less than a year left and I
1: I do plan on getting out so it's been amazing so far and honestly it's funny because it's a full-time job however it's actually propelled my fighting career exponentially because had I not been in the military you know I never would have just lived in Hawaii for three years and trained and I never would have moved out to California for the past few years and trained I would have been kind of kind of limited you know in terms of my exposure to the sport. So, in in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's actually contributed greatly to my, to my fighting career. And I'm lucky too, because they've also had my back throughout it all too. You know, it's, it's not a question I get a lot is they're like, man, I can't believe they let you do that. You know, is it, do you have to, you know, is it kind of a struggle for them to let you do that and all all that, but it's actually the opposite. I've gotten tremendous support from the military and, You know they're always stoked and watching my fights and promoting it, and you know sometimes even showing up if they're local. So no, it's it's been kind of a wild ride, but it's been it's been awesome. But yeah, I got about a year left, and then uh, I plan on moving on, going elsewhere. But I got about a year left in the military.
0: Is that something that I don't know? Maybe adds a little bit pressure on you for your fight career at least. Hey, let's do a couple fights in this given year, set myself up well after you leave the military.
1: Yeah, you know, um, kind of I, – I guess I kind of don't look at it too much as pressure. You know, it's just just kind of keep doing what I'm doing, trying to set myself up, get my name out there, just keep, you know, getting in bangers and trying to promote myself that way and not focusing too much on the future as opposed to one fight at a time, That's and the results will come. You know, just love what you do, focus on the now do your fucking best and, you know, good, good things will come from that. But yeah, in terms of after this year, I I would say maybe, you know, it's definitely, I'll look at it as motivation as opposed to pressure. You know, it's uh, definitely some motivation to make my dream come true of making, fighting my soul income. You know, that's, that's what all of us want to do. You know what I mean? That's, that's not just me. Anyone that, fights professionally or i'm sure you know majority of amateurs and you know, their their end goal is to to do it full-time as a job you know because no matter whether you're getting paid or not ever all of us are just doing it because we love it but the end goal is to make that work you know what i mean
0: yeah, fair enough, man. And you have done such a good job at promoting yourself and putting on bangers just in your three professional fights. And I want to talk about that here shortly. Back to Ohio here for just a moment. I know there's only so much about Ohio to enjoy, but there are some people like myself who have a lot of pride for the state. This is forged in Ohio. What's your favorite aspect of the state of Ohio?
1: Oh, that's a really good question, man. Yeah, I know. I feel like we gotta we gotta put on a good
0: name. All the the Ohio memes and stuff that have been going on in the past. Year. <laughs> the worst, the worst one is the slogan like stuck in Ohio or can't wait yeah. to leave Ohio. That that yeah. really annoys me. But Hey man, I mean, I can't blame you. You're in Hawaii. Then you're in California. I'm sure those places yeah. are beautiful, but do you have sure. one thing about Ohio that you miss? I'm sure you don't miss the snow, but anything oh. <laughs> about Ohio that you do miss? Yeah, no, I'm going to be honest. Fuck the snow. But outside <laughs> of that,
1: there's, there's definitely, there's a, there's a lot of things I miss, man. But I would say the one thing, about Ohio that I would say is different from other places I've been. It's just such a, like, blue-collar state. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like just the average person works their ass off, doesn't cause problems, just kind of keeps their head down, whatever their job is, you know, whether it's a 9-to-5, work in a factory, it's just everyone just kind of, you know, th- I feel like the the work ethic is ingrained in me because of where I grew up. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in – you know, like a super fancy area or anything like that. It was great. Don't get me wrong. I, I love, I love where I grew up, but I think that kind of instilled the the work ethic I have just cause, you know, watching my parents and everyone just work their ass off for anything they got. And, you know, everyone else's parents, you know, just the whole, the whole area where I grew up in and majority of Ohio, I would say is just very down to earth blue collar, you get what you work for kind of thing, you know? And I think that shows a lot in not only the people, but, you know, a, a lot of the people that come out of Ohio, I think a lot of good things come from like a lot of athletes from Ohio and just people, you know, just work, work their ass off, you know? So I think that's something that's, that's different from a lot of areas. And I've kind of noticed that and uh, just get, getting out and seeing a lot of parts of the country, it's kind of a unique, unique thing. And a lot of, a lot of places.
0: Yeah, man. I love that answer. And I even checked all your fights and I don't think you've actually fought in Ohio. Is that something that by the end of your career, you want to do is to fight in Ohio.
1: I would love nothing more. I would love to fight in Cleveland. That's for sure. A goal of mine. If I could get on, you know, uh, that'd be awesome, man. If a promotion would have me in Cleveland, anywhere, Cleveland, Youngstown, wherever, but Cleveland specifically would be awesome. Just cause that's the biggest city. You know, in driving range where I grew up near, so that's absolutely a goal of mine. It just hasn't hasn't quite happened yet, you know, with the opportunities that I've gotten and where I've been, and it just hasn't hasn't lined up yet. However, I feel like I gotta fight in Ohio before
0: I'm done. It almost wouldn't be right, you know, <laughs> right. Let's be honest. I mean, you've fought on some pretty huge stages so far, just in three fights, I mean, Fighting in Cleveland, Ohio must be special for you, but also you've already competed so much higher at these other places, at a Bellator pay per view, a Four Cage Warriors, and things like that. So we, we understand it, but of course, that, that fight in Cleveland, Ohio would be insane, and how many tickets you would sell. And again, those blue collar people coming out and watching you fight, I'm sure the crowd would be amazing.
1: Yeah, that, that would be something special for sure, dude. Just everyone, you know, everyone I grew up with, and it would be awesome because a lot of people that got me to where I am have never seen me fight in person just because I've always fought so far away from Ohio, you know. And I, I would love to share that with them, you know, all the people that I, have supported me since I was a little kid. I would love to to fight in front of them, too. That would definitely be special for me.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So I know you started wrestling in Ohio and then competing in MMA in Hawaii. Was getting into mixed martial arts something that you always <laughs> wanted to do?
1: Oh, for sure, man. Um, that was definitely, honestly, always kind of an end goal. I always wanted to... To fight someday. Um, so I grew up watching fights just as a little kid. You know, I used to fanboy out over all the old school dudes: Chuck Liddell, Mayhem Miller, the Diaz Bros, all those guys. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to just watch them like crazy and think, like, man, that'd be so crazy if I could do that someday. You know, so that was always kind of an end goal. And I love wrestling with all my heart. Don't get me wrong; it's definitely I wouldn't be fighting if it wasn't for wrestling. That's uh, that's a hundred percent. If I didn't wrestle in Ohio. I definitely would have taken a different life path. you know, I probably just wouldn't have had the interest in fighting that I have if I didn't you know wrestle, wrestle for so long. and that that absolutely helped me transition to fighting kind of seamlessly, you know, not even so much because I had some special crazy skills in wrestling because to be totally honest with you, I, I was never anything special in wrestling. However, just the the grit and the work ethic that wrestling kind of gives you at a baseline. That made me uh, definitely transition into fighting and just embrace the grind and fucking love it, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a handful of fighters there. Was there one fighter in particular growing up that you watched that inspired you to get into wrestling and then kind of sparked that interest in MMA as well? So to
1: get into wrestling, I think that was more... That was more of my buddies because I had uh, buddies growing up that that wrestled, you know? And I always... One particular that comes to mind, uh my buddy uh Rocky Tripodi was his name. He always he wrestled in uh junior high at Jefferson and I I remember just being friends with him and I didn't wrestle at the time and he was one of the guys that um I looked up to, you know, and uh kind of just got into it honestly because you know, it was interesting, but you know, at that age it's just as much about friends, you know, you kinda wanna do what your friends are doing. So I think getting into wrestling per se was probably more the people I knew on a personal level and then the fighters I looked up to definitely when I was a kid you know I, I always had a soft spot for long lanky guys to, you know just kids you know emulate who they want to be you know so people that look like them you know they, they kind of like so I kind of always had a had a special interest in the long lanky fighters because you know the I always kind of looked at them as like oh man if they can do it I can too you know you don't have to be a little short muscle shark to be a good wrestler or be a good fighter. You can kind of be anybody type, you know? So I I love like the, like I said, earlier the Diaz brothers, the Mayhem Miller was a guy I always liked watching fight when I was younger. Kendall Grove was another fighter I used to watch a lot. So yeah, just kind of all those old school dudes, Chris Lieben, all them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I love it. I also wanted to ask about the nickname nature boy. Obviously it's most well known for Ric Flair, but how'd you end up with the nickname?
1: First off, Ric Flair is the man. So I.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like every so, single time in preparation for this interview, when I've like read your name along with your nickname, I just want to say it like the Nature Boy Blake Perry because of Ric Flair. <laughs>
1: Woo! Exactly. No, um, man. <laughs> no so it's kind of funny. My coach Sonny Ramos uh, gave it to me because uh, sometimes like little animals will get in the gym, like little bats and mice and (laughs) just like random little critters. And uh, they leave it to me to get them out. And one time there was a bat that flew in and it uh, landed on the mat. And I just snatched it up with my hand real quick and then ran it to the door and tossed it outside. And uh, they all kind of made fun of me for that. They're like, what the hell, dude? And uh, he's like, we got to start calling you nature boy, man. So anytime like animals or whatever get in, they're like, yo, leave it to nature boy. He'll get it. So uh, he kind of gave me that and just kind of stuck. You know, I liked it because, one, it's kind of funny. And, two, you know, why not pay homage to the man himself, Ric Flair, you know?
0: Yeah, and you have that incredible story to go along with it. Like, I'm not ashamed. If a bat comes in a gym, I am running the other way. Why are you somebody (laughs) that goes to the bat and tries and traps it to get it out of there?
1: I I don't know, man. probably just a mixture of just being a weird kid and then getting hit in the head a lot as an adult. Uh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) probably probably a combination to be honest when was the last time that you had to pull off a nature boy stun if you will
1: i think it was the bat actually if i'm not (laughs) mistaken um i'm pretty sure it was the bat that was probably about a year ago year and a half ago um yeah it was right at some point over the summer because the weather was nice and they were flying around at night so probably about a year ago last summer
0: Well, once again, this is Nature Boy Blake Perry with us on Forged in Ohio. It's pretty wild that you're only 28 years old and have all this experience in the sport. I want to get into your professional fights and the stages you've competed on here shortly. But when you think back to your amateur career that started back in 2018, what do you think about? So
1: back in 2018, I started, yeah, my first probably like seven or eight fights were all in Hawaii. I was fighting out of United MMA with the the Lee family. Yeah, man, I just started training there and started to take it real serious, you know. And then at some point after my first year of training, I ended up taking a taking a fight. And when I think of the start of my career, I think of just like naturally super tough fighters. I think because man, there's something, you know. I'll stand by the fact that I think the amateur circuit is the toughest in Hawaii I think there's there's something special about those dudes out there man like the the guys born and bred in Hawaii or something else dude like I swear dude like people that don't even train hit like a rock you know it's just like all all those guys are naturally super good fighters just because they all train all the time but then also at a super young age you know a lot a lot of guys have a background in something you know they're amateur fighters but they've got a crazy kickboxing background or a crazy background in boxing or all all kinds of stuff. So I definitely think of having a tough start right from the beginning. You know, I definitely, I definitely had no gimme fights, you know, I I definitely caught some ass whoopings there in the beginning, but I think it just helped me, helped me a lot um, in terms of kind of, you know, I think, I think that's kind of good for a guy starting out, you know, to to win some, but then, you know, to lose some too, because you don't get that, that sense of not knowing what a tough fight is. You know, it wasn't like I just ran through competition. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think my I might have started like one and two or two and three. I, st- I definitely started my amateur career with a losing record, I know. So, yeah, I think that just made me better at the end of the day, just train harder and, you know, know what to expect um, in terms of the talent level that I was going to see and, you know by the time you're professional it kind of kind of levels out there's no matter where you're at there's super good fighters you know but in the amateur circuit i think it's something special in hawaii that's my personal opinion
0: Right, so you started your amateur career one and two on that losing record, then two and two, and then you rattle off wins. You finished seven and three as an amateur with two of those wins actually in kickboxing, and you mentioned those guys in Hawaii are so tough, so even an impressive record that way. Do you have like a favorite moment or fight from your days competing as an amateur?
1: I would say... That's a good question. My favorite fight, just from start to finish, I would say my second kickboxing fight in uh, Lake Tahoe, Nevada, just because it it was just kind of crazy, man, from start to finish. It was like three two-minute rounds, right? So you could just stomp on the gas the whole time, you know, because two-minute rounds are are short, you know. And so me and the dude I fought, his name was Damian Blotsky, who just kind of just beat the shit out of each other for three rounds, like 100 miles an hour, you know. That was, I would say, probably just the craziest fight Absolutely not my most technical fight, but it is what it is, you know? Um, Yeah, so out of my amateur career, I would say my favorite fight, just to watch from start to finish, was definitely that one.
0: Yeah, man, that's crazy that you say that fight is your favorite when you won via decision, and like you said, you guys were both pretty battered after the fight. When you have other fights where you get a... KO in 28 seconds in the second round guillotine in the first round rear naked choke in the first round like do you just live for those brawls and those just dog fights in the cage there's something special about it man I don't know what it is I really don't because it's like you know like
1: which one did I feel physically better walking away of course like a first round finish or a submission you know first or second round all day and don't get me wrong I, I would I would take that all day however there's just something about like leaving a ring where you're both just spent and you just beat the shit out of each other. And one of those fights where you're waiting for a decision and like deep in your heart, you're just like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even care. Like we just, the whole crowd's on their feet and everyone's going crazy. Like, obviously I want to win, but at the end of the day, we just put on a crazy show and win, lose or draw. I, I live for those fights, man. There's, there's something special. Like it's a unique feeling, you know, where you're just like proud to be a part of it, and just for just from the whole standpoint, you know, even the dude, you know, the the guy you just fought, you just got crazy respect for him, and no matter whose hand gets raised, you're like, fuck, that was dope, you know.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome, and like even checking out your social media prior to this interview, like. I saw almost every single pick you were bloodied up for one reason or another. I feel like that just says a lot about your fighting style and really why you go out there and do what you do. And you mentioned branding yourself and trying to do this for a living. I feel like that's the mentality that guys like you have to have, I guess. Like, is that, is that the kind of the case with you and and what you've done so far?
1: Yeah, no, I I think, I think that's, that's kind of spot on, you know, because I mean, I, th- I think I'm a really good fighter. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, I'm technical and everything. However, I also know that my best quality isn't that I'm strongest or the fastest or the m- the most talented, to be honest, or technical, anything like that. I think what sets me apart from other people is just kind of just being gritty, you know, because I've, I've beaten a lot of dudes that on paper are a lot better than me, you know, J- just because of that reason. And I think that's kind of why people get behind me and I'm fortunate to have the support that I do, but I think people just like that. You know, I think people kind of gravitate to that. And a lot of people see themselves in that, you know, and they're like, Oh, you know, that dude's just kind of a normal dude. And he just went out there and kind of did the damn thing, you know, just went out there and threw down and wasn't overly concerned with the result, but the results come when you go out there and fight like that, you know? Um, And I think that that kind of fighter kind of resonates with people too, as much as people love the, Insanely talented freaks and technicians, you know, people love the the dogs
0: too. Yeah, man, absolutely. And like you mentioned guys who are probably better or might be better than you or are thought to be better than you heading into a fight. I think being a plus 650 underdog heading into a fight qualifies under that, and that's how you debuted professionally just over a year ago at Bellator 278. You fought Makoa Cooper, who is Ray Cooper's brother. You were a plus 650 dog heading into the fight, and you were competing on that huge stage. It was a Bellator pay-per-view. What were the emotions and nerves like heading into that fight?
1: Man, it's it's kind of a weird, a weird thing because like when there's like that much, like doubt against you, you know what I mean. It's kind of just like in a weird way, it's, it makes you less nervous because, I mean, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? What everybody already thinks is gonna happen, you know what I mean? Like so, it's it's kind of one of those things where I just treated it like any other fight, you know. I I fought plenty of times before that, and obviously, you know, nothing on that level of stage or, and anything close to that. However. Just kind of, you know, treat it just like any other fight. I'm, I know what I'm capable of. You know, if people in Vegas disagree with that or the odds makers, that's, that's fine. You know, it's at the
0: end of the day. I'm just going to make my homies more money back home. So <laughs> I'm I'm cool with that, you know. Yeah, man. So that plus 650 price, more of a motivator than anything else.
1: I would say yes.
0: That fight ended with a wicked anaconda choke in the second round, and it took a while for Cooper to tap. You guys kind of sprawled around the cage a little bit there. How confident were you that what you had locked in was going to be enough to finish that fight?
1: Man, at that point, you know, I was just, I, I felt it kind of lock in, and I was just wasn't letting go, you know. Like, like you said, we rolled a few times at different angles, and I just felt like I, I had it good enough that I adjusted it. You know, I, was, I thought, I could probably get to finish, and, you know, I, I was I was able to pull it out. But, yeah, I just kind of just hung on to that bitch like crazy, you know what I mean? Like, just at that point, because that's one of those chokes too, you know, where say I didn't quite get it, you're not in a great position, you know, because if I didn't get it and he was able to fight out of it, I'm still on my back. So definitely it's one of those ones that if you go for it, you got, you got to go for it, go for it, you know what I mean? Um, and luckily it worked out in my favor.
0: Yeah, I asked about the emotions heading into the debut. What about the emotions after the win? I'm sure a lot was going through your head after the impressive performance and going 1 and 0.
1: Yeah, I would say definitely the emotions were stronger after cuz going in, you know, I had nerves and kind of just like the other going in, had a game plan, just kind of stuck stuck to it, you know, but afterwards it was it was really cool too because that that was the first time that my dad had seen me fight, my brother had seen me fight. And uh, that, so that was a pretty cool moment because they all, they all came out all the way out to Hawaii. They flew out my dad and his soon-to-be wife and my mom and brother and their family and the whole, the whole uh, crew was out. So it was pretty, it was pretty cool. I think that, that really added to it. Leaving the cage and seeing all those guys was definitely something that I will remember forever. It was pretty awesome.
0: Has that been the only time in your career that you've had that much support with that many family members coming out and watching you fight?
1: I think probably that it's been close between that and my other pro fights. My mom has been there for a lot of my fights, amateur, amateur and pro. She's been there for quite a few of them. My dad has been to my three pro fights and my brother has seen me, saw me fight that Bellator fight in Hawaii. So I would say the only time that all of them were there together was, was that fight, which is, which is cool, you know, considering how, how far it is, you know, that everyone was able to make it out. It was pretty awesome.
0: Now your mom has competed in combat sports too, right? She has, dude. She had a boxing, she had a boxing fight. Yeah. So I think you you were in attendance for that fight, right? I was, I absolutely was. I mean, how nervous are you watching your mom in their computer? Did you kind of know that, Hey, you know, she's a badass. She got this. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, dude, I was fucking stoked, bro.
0: She—I'm sure she was.
1: I know she was nervous, but I was all amped up. Um, I was there with all my high school buddies. We were watching her fight. Nah, dude, I was so pumped just because that's. I mean, how many people can say that? You know, like yeah, I'm going to my mom's fight. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean, like as a, I'm a grown 28 year old man watching my mother fight is something that not many people can say. So obviously it was fucking awesome. She went out and got the win, but. uh you know, regardless of result, that would have been pretty awesome either way. But you know, she went out there and put them paws on her. You know what I'm saying? So it was,
0: it was, <laughs> it, was it was pretty cool, man. Is she keeping it going, or was it just one and done? Um, she, she, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, She's definitely. I
1: know she trains still, and she actually coaches classes out in Cleveland. Um, so she works at a
0: gym out there.
1: I'm not sure if she'll compete again. Uh, she might in the future, but she's definitely been been training hard and keeping up with it as always.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. Hey, fighting, it runs through guys' blood, huh? How about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Now for your second pro fight against Marcel McCain at Uriah Faber's A1 Combat 4. Another big stage to compete on. The fight was stopped due to one of the worst nose breaks in MMA history that you suffered in the first round. I know you've been asked about this fight a million times, and I don't want to force you to necessarily like relive a moment like that. In retrospect, though, what do you think about when you think back to that fight and that moment that went viral?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I honestly have no problem talking about it. Shit, I'll I'll milk the shit out of it. If it gets <laughs> eyes on me, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's I think all, all fighters are at least a little bit of attention whores, you know, or else why, why would we do it? You know? So, uh, nah, man, I'll take it whether, you know, whatever you want to call it. even if it's not the best reason to, you know, have people watch your fights or whatever, if it's a foot in the door and, it gets people invested in my career. I will ride that till the wheels fall off. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, that was it. Was crazy. Uh, yeah, end of the first round. Got caught with a pretty wicked knee. I uh, broke my posture. Should have kept my posture higher. And definitely definitely paid for it. But, yeah, it got me with a pretty good knee. And then we fought the rest of the round. Probably another minute or two. And then between rounds, was ready for the second round. And the first, the first doctor... Gave me the go-ahead and said, all right, you're good to go, you know. So we were up, ready for the second round. And then, unfortunately, a doctor from the outside was like, hold on, hold on, man. Like, I'm I'm going in for a look. And then, basically, as soon as he looked at it, he was like, nah, man, and, and called it.
0: It's insane to me that you wanted to continue in that fight with how bad of a nose break it was, and it shows how much of a competitor you are. If the fight had continued, would you have liked your chances to win the fight with how the condition of your nose was? So, I mean, obviously I'm biased because it's me, you know? Sure. But,
1: uh, I dude, I, I like my chances, man, because, you know, how the fight was going. It was a competitive fight, don't get me wrong, but I definitely felt like... I absolutely won't. And uh, I mean, more backstory too, man. The dude I was fighting had a punctured lung. His ribs broke and punctured his lung like before my nose even broke. So between rounds, he was hurting just as much, if not more. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't see it. It wasn't as visible as my nose, obviously. But I could just tell from from body language he, he was in a rough spot, you know. And who wouldn't be? You know what I mean? But – just kind of looking over at the cage you know I I I had confidence you know um that I would have went out there and finished it and as I'm sure you know like I said obviously I'm biased I'm sure Marcel would say the same thing if you interviewed him I'm sure he'd say oh you know if we went back out there he would have finished it you know which we're both competitors and and that makes sense but uh no man I definitely like my chances if we went back out there I I genuinely felt like I would have won but it is what it is you know
0: since you guys were both dealing with those injuries, was there any talk of running the fight back between you and Marcel?
1: um i I would love to, I know, but uh yeah, maybe in the future you never know I, I know he's got a lot going on. He actually just just had a kid him and his girl had uh had a kid, I think probably like a month ago or so, so sh- shout out to them. so I don't know he's got a lot going on, but uh yeah, in in the future maybe man it was a good fight. I think it would be awesome to
0: run back. I know in the moment of the fight when that knee connected, you might not have realized how bad it was, or maybe you did, but I'm sure adrenaline running there in the first round, when did you actually realize, okay, yeah, this isn't the greatest situation I have on my hands
1: so yeah to, like to be honest man, like it, it kind of sounds like some some bullshit, but with all that adrenaline, I'd swear to God I really didn't feel it that much like it felt like I got hit in the face, you know what I mean, but nothing like crazy. I thought I just got knee in the face and I was like, all right, it is what it is, you know what I mean? But, uh, no, I think the first thing that kind of gave me a pretty good, a pretty good idea was when I went back between rounds and my coach is super, you know, calm, cool and collected. He's talking to me. He's like, Hey, you know, it's fine. You're going to go out there, get this, you know, go out there, do your thing. And he was just like, let's, uh, let's get to finish this round because there's a chance a Dr. You know, your, your nose is broken. He might stop it. But he's like, it's fine. It's all good. Just go out there and let's get this finished, like, quick. You know, he's like, you don't want to leave it in a doctor's hands for him to stop it. So at that point, I knew it was, I must have been pretty visibly broken if he is saying that. And then, and then obviously after seeing it, I was like, oh, shit. Little kids and stuff are, like, pointing at me as I'm leaving the cage. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, people are, like, covering their mouths and shit. I was like, oh, fuck. This must be worse than I thought. And then, uh, yeah, so I think that was probably the moment when I knew uh, he he got me with a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about the moment that you first saw what it looked like. When you got to the back, I don't know, like look at the mirror or something. Was there this oh shit moment that you felt and <laughs> saw how bad it was?
1: bro? So to be honest, I didn't see it because I went from directly from the cage and walked out, right? and from there they made me get in an ambulance and go to the hospital and kind of a funny story too they made me and marcel the dude i fought sit in the back it was just me and him in the Up, like we literally went from the cage walked directly to an ambulance together and went to the hospital and sat in a waiting room for like three hours just like <laughs> like 10 minutes prior we were like trying to kill each other and then next thing you know we're just sitting in the back of an ambulance like so what's up man like how's it going <laughs> He's all hunched over like, ah. and I'm like trying to keep my head up so my nose doesn't fall off, you know? So it was like definitely pretty funny too because we walk in and we're sitting in the waiting room and people, <laughs> yeah, people are looking at us like we're crazy, you know, because we're still in our fight stuff. Like I don't even remember if I had a shirt on. I think I had a shirt on, but it was like they like took us directly from there to the hospital, right? So we're both just like covered in blood. And like in fight shorts and our hands are taped and everything. And we're just like sitting in the waiting room and people are like pulling their kids closer to them and scooting away. (laughs) They're like, what happened? I'm like that guy right over there. Actually, he's him. He happened, you know, but yeah, kind of a funny story. Definitely a day. I'll remember like the, the after the aftermath too is, is one of those things you can't help but laugh. Like during like just going from a guy that, like I said, literally 10 minutes ago, we were in front of a giant building beating the shit out of each other and then we're just sitting alone in the back of an ambulance for 15 minutes (laughs) but yeah no it was it was definitely rememberable
0: how long did it take you to become like how you are now that you can joke about it and reminisce and tell all these stories was it like that night you're like hey Marcel you hit me with a good knee didn't you or what did it kind of take some time for you to feel that way about what happened
1: oh no it was like in the ambulance after the fight (laughs) it was I mean it is what it is you know I can either be a little bitch about it, and or I can, you know, like I said, just take the good, you know, because either way, it was a shitty result to a fight, you know. I can either embrace all the stuff that comes my way and use it to my benefit, and you know, laugh at it and laugh at the memes and all, you know. What I mean, because they are funny, you know. I don't know. I'm I'm always joking anyway, so why why joke about everything and then when it's at my expense, I, I get all mad, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not that type of person, so. It was pretty much like in the ambience, cracking jokes and shit because, you know, what else are you going to do?
0: <laughs> so what was your reaction when you first saw how viral the moment had gotten on social media and then you actually see the pictures of what it looked like?
1: Bro, so it was super crazy because I was in the hospital right after and I wasn't really on my phone because I was like with my mom and stuff. And, you know, I was, I was with everybody and I didn't really think anything of it. I honestly didn't know it was that big of a deal. I just thought, you know, I broke my nose, and nose breaks happen all the time, you know? So I was like, all right, whatever. I still hadn't seen it at this point, right? And then I just started getting texts from, like, my buddies, like, back home and stuff that didn't watch the fight. They're like, bro, did you just fight? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, dude, go online. Like, just, like, go online and type in, like, your name, nose break or something. And I, like, went online and just seen it, like, everywhere dude and I was like what the hell man like like TMZ and stuff so I was like, really like, it was just kind of funny like you know just scrolling through and they're talking about you know like Kim K's new implants and then my busted face <laughs> Like, what? they got nothing better to talk about like and then yeah, you know then I went on Instagram or whatever and seen seen the posts and all that good stuff and then yeah so I was like, probably, probably like by that evening I realized like, oh, dang, like kind of went everywhere. You know, I was, I was not expecting that.
0: What did the recovery look like for you after an injury like that?
1: So not as bad as you think, man. Cause all they did was they reset it like just manually with their hands. Right. They just okay. reset it in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, right. I can send you a video of that later if you want. I've uh, seen
0: it on YouTube. The okay, doctor okay. resetting it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Um,
1: But yeah, they just literally reset it right then and there and then stitched me up or whatever because it split the skin, obviously. And yeah, I just didn't get hit in it for probably six to eight weeks before I, so I kept training, but obviously just no impact, you know, so I just kind of did lots of bag work and shadow boxing, all that type of stuff. But any type of sparring or even like grappling, just anything where there's potential that it would get like bumped or hit, I just avoided for like six to eight weeks. And then after that, I kind of just hopped back into it and yeah, it was fine. You know, I I sparred pretty hard on it quite a few times and it was good. And then fast forward three or four months, I took a fight and it went the full distance and I got hit on it plenty, you know, and it, it held up just fine. So did the trick at least, you know.
0: Was it like a nerve wracking thing for you to go into that first sparring session after it was healed to take a shot to the nose like that? Oh, 100
1: percent! I can't even lie. I was definitely like, I, it was, it was in the back of my head. You know, the first, the first time I was like, just, just, just worried. You know, like, oh man, the first time I get cracked on it, is it gonna just do the same thing? You know what I mean? And then going into the, the actual fight, it, it was a, it was, it was a little back thought. I'm not gonna lie. It was definitely, I, I thought about it a little bit going into my Cage Warriors fight, just because sparring is one thing, you know. But no one's going crazy and sparring. You know what I mean. No one's throwing to try and knock you out and sparring. You know what I mean. So, I, it was definitely a thought in my head. I was like, man, you know, I hope this holds up because I really. It, it's cool once, but I'm not trying to be the the nose break guy on the internet. <laughs> I mean, like that, like that's the like, oh, that's the dude that, you know, fucking his nose always looks ridiculous. So I was definitely going into the the Cage Warriors fight. It was a little little bit of a thought. And then, honestly, once the fight started, you know, you don't even think about it. But uh, leading up to it, it was a little bit of a thought for sure.
0: Talking to Nature Boy Blake Perry on Forge, in Ohio. Yeah, let's get into that Cage Warriors fight. You're, you won that last fight on March 3rd at Cage Warriors 149 in San Diego. Yet another big stage for you. That's a common trend in your professional career. Was there any, like, added pressure on you to perform well in that fight and to remind people how dangerous you are with what happened in that second fight against Marcel?
1: I think it was... There was a little bit, but it was definitely self inflicted. Like, I I don't think people were, you know, like doubting me anymore or anything like that, you know, but definitely in my own head. Um, it was definitely, I wanted to go out there and get a win, kind of just to, you know, get that monkey off my back a little bit, you know, so I'm not only known for my fucking nose breaking, you know, It, it would be nice. I thought, you know, I'll go out there and get that win. That'll kind of be the freshest thing in uh, in people's minds. And then that turned out to be total bullshit because I went out there and got the win. <laughs> and I feel like no one even knows I fought. All I see is I just get tagged in nose videos. I'm like, God damn it, bro. But uh, <laughs> no, like I said, I got to embrace it because I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. So I'll take it, man. It is what it is. I'll just go out there, keep getting wins. And hey, not everyone can say that the fight they're most known for is when they lost so I'll I'll take that too you know so um
0: yeah and is, is there anything to be said too like you lose a fight but you actually didn't really lose the fight it was an injury that sure your opponent delivered to you with that knee but it's not like you were tapped out knocked out anything like that right yeah
1: no nah, it's honestly you know it's it, it is what it is it sucks to take a loss on the record but at the end of the day you know in terms of furthering my career as much as i hate to admit it that fight propelled my career more than any other one honestly you know so at the end of the day you got to look at look at the end result of stuff and obviously it wasn't ideal however i'll take it man it it is what it is you know if it's i could either be the guy that broke his nose and a lot of good stuff came from it or I broke my nose and lost and no one knew about it you know what I mean so I'll I'll take that first option all day
0: yeah it's funny that you say too that people didn't even really know that you fought in March at Cage Warriors I think one aside from your performance one viral moment from that fight at Cage Warriors was your walkout you had that incredible walkout you come out to Nelly and you were amped up man like (laughs) how much does a walkout like that get you ready for a fight
1: Oh, dude, so much, man. I live for that, bro. It's, it's funny because, like, I feel like that's, that's your time. You know what I mean? Because when you're out there fighting, obviously that's, that's what we do it for, you know. But, you know, that's, that's you and your opponent's time. It's, it's whoever, whoever wants it more is going to get that shine, you know. But something special about a walkout, man. No one can take that from you. You put in all that work. I got the coolest fucking job in the world. Why would I wait till after the fight to celebrate? You know what I mean? I'm celebrating before, during, and after. I, I love this shit so much. So uh, I love walkouts, man. I like to have fun. Like you said, get amped up, listen to some old school, early 2000s rap, preferably on my walkout, kind of have fun, get the crowd going. You know, I, I, I live for that shit, bro. So uh, definitely, it definitely adds to it. You know, get y'all hyped up, ready to fight. And, uh, you know, why not? I like having fun man i like having fun in there when i'm training no matter what i'm doing you know i I realize how fortunate i am to do what i do every single day why wouldn't i have fun you know and if people you know people say like oh you know don't don't showboat or don't do this or that on your walkout fuck them you know what i mean i'm i'm the one doing what i love you don't tell me not to be happy on my walkout i'm gonna i'm gonna live it up man so i'm just happy to be there you know
0: do you think you'd come out to Nelly again in the future or do you have something else cooked up for future walkouts? Oh, I got, I got a couple in
1: mind, you know, I very well could, he's, he's got some good ones, but I like to switch it up. I probably, I probably won't come out to the same song, but same era. I can, I can promise probably going to happen. Probably that early two thousands, early two thousands rap, you know, I might, might throw in some, some little John, the yin yang twins or some something old school like that. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, some something good.
0: All right, man. I, I appreciate it. I want to throw something your way here. I know it's like steep Miocic's thing. And I think you kind of know where I'm going with this. MGK, Cleveland Till I Die. I don't know how you feel about the song, but maybe one time, especially if you get a fight in Ohio, what do you think about that? I'm not opposed at all. MGK gets a lot of hate, but I, I love his older stuff, man. I right. still listen to it,
1: you know. He gets a lot of hate, I think, because of his, his newer stuff, his newer like punk rock stuff, which I'll admit, it's a little suspect, I'm not going to lie. However, his older stuff, I still listen to that all the time. So I would have no issue walking out until I die. If I got to fight in Cleveland, I, I would be down with some MGK on my walkout. That would be cool.
0: Hell yeah, man, that would be awesome. So you won that fight at Cage Warriors 149 via unanimous decision. How would you feel after that performance at Cage Warriors? Um, I, f- I felt good. You know, I v- I was happy to get the win. However, watching back, there was
1: a lot of stuff I definitely needed to clean up that I'm just better than, you know, L- looking back, there's definitely some things I was doing that I wasn't particularly happy with. So as far as the performance, I would give it kind of very, very middle of the road. You know, I wasn't like super disappointed with or anything. Like I said, I I had a super tough opponent in front of me. Josh, Josh is a beast, you know, so. I was able to pull out a win against him, I must have had at least a solid day, you know, but absolutely not my best. Um, Very, very middle of the road, because like I said, there was a lot of things that I look back on. I'm like, man, I I was doing that. Not great, you know, so uh, as far as grading my performance, I'll probably give it like a C. You know, definitely wasn't like I went out there and did horrible. However,
0: not my best for sure. I understand if you don't want to go too in depth with it, but what were those things that you felt like you could have done better?
1: Uh sure, yeah, no I mean I'll I'll be I'll be open, man. Things as far from a technical standpoint, you know, um was kind of breaking my posture some, ducking my head down, uh lunging in on some of my shots, you know, j- just stuff I know better than and in my past fights I've done way better with. You know what I mean? So uh j- just little honestly kind of kind of fundamental stuff you know like i said it's nothing that i didn't know how to do or anyone anyone that's been training fighting knows how to do it you know what i mean um it's not complex stuff but just you know things i got to keep myself honest and uh i've been working hard to correct and get after it. that next fight you know
0: yeah so that fight was just over three months ago and looking through your career i can kind of tell that you like being active when do you think you're going to compete next oh
1: i'm hoping for september man nothing uh
0: august september time frame right now i'm talking
1: to two or three different promotions um nothing nothing signed yet but definitely one one of them i absolutely i I plan on going with one of them um they, they all have been super cool with me and uh i would love between august and september get getting in there in that time frame is definitely my goal
0: is it another one of those notable promotions, big stage like Bellator, potentially Cage Warriors again? Is it one of? I know you might not be able to say exactly what it is, but is it another big stage like you've competed on prior? Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Is that exciting for you too? Kind of makes you more motivated for the fight.
1: Hell yeah, man! I love it.
0: You know, I, I'm down.
1: I'm down to fight, kind of wherever, you know. But uh, of course, the the bigger, big opportunities. You know, that's that's what we do it for. You know, so. Uh, any, any of the above, I, I would love to fight for, for any of them, you know.
0: Yeah, man, I love to hear it. If I, if I went back and told you the night of your amateur debut, when you were fighting in front of a small crowd, and I believe in another podcast you said it was at like a trampoline park, would you have yeah. believed me if I told you that night that three fights into your pro career, you'd be 2 and one have that viral moment in your loss, and have competed for Bellator, Uriah Faber's promotion, and Cage Warriors?
1: I would say go home, you're drunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and there's no way, bro. I'd be like, no way, man. I I think you were you were bullshitting, you know, I never never in a million years would have thought I would have, you know, gotten the opportunities that I've gotten so far. And that's just a testament. You know, I, I know people always say like self made and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's bullshit, to be honest, man. I'm definitely I've gotten awesome opportunities because I've been surrounded with awesome people, you know, Um, you know, I, I got a good work ethic and everything and all of that, but all, all fighters do, you know what I mean? That's, that's nothing that's, we all work hard. We all train hard. We all want the big opportunities. So that's not unique to me. However, something that is unique to me is, you know, my coach, Sonny Ramos, my team at nobody MMA, my, the team I started with and, you know, United, uh, MMA in Hawaii, it's just that's not unique, you know, and it in my resume speaks for itself. The promotions I work and you know, for at this early in my career, it doesn't happen often, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, that's and I never in a million years would have known to how to even start with that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get in contact with any of those people. Or that's all a testament to the people around me that have absolutely gotten me those opportunities. So, I am endlessly fortunate to have those people around me
0: so if I tell you those things that your amateur debut you tell me go home you're drunk at what (laughs) point in your I guess amateur career did you kind of feel like okay yeah these things are possible
1: honestly man not
0: really not I don't want to say not ever because you know towards the end of my
1: amateur career I definitely was like man I feel like I'm ready to go pro you know that that was always always in there you know but if you would have told me my debut was going to be for Bellator, if you would have told me that after my last amateur fight, I'd have been like, no way, man. And then yeah, I got that call, and I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. That's so awesome. So yeah, and I, I still, I'm still that way, you know. Every, I'm still super pumped, you know. Like Cage Warriors, A1, Bellator, whoever it's been, all of them are pretty cool, man. You know, it's just, it's kind of crazy to be a part of it because in my head, I'm still, you know, that that little kid in Ohio. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's pretty cool to even just be there and be a part of it. And I'm, I'm just lucky to have people watch me fucking beat people up. That's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> and in terms of your career, what are some of your goals, both short-term and long-term in mixed martial arts?
1: I would say short-term and long-term goals. You know, long-term, probably like a lot of fighters, you know, I, I want to be in the UFC. That's what I'm working towards. I, I would love... Love, would love that long-term. And then more just personal goals, just stuff that I want to do for me. Long-term, you know, I would love, like I said, I got to fight in Ohio by the time I'm done. I got to, I want to fight. My sister's never seen me fight. Um, I really want my sister to be there. She's uh, got, a, got a baby and she's got a lot, a lot going on. However, it would be really special to me if uh, she could be in the crowd at some point in the future. It's definitely a goal of mine trying to think of other things man that you know i would say what what else do i want to it's a good question oh i want to fight overseas i want to definitely have an international fight at some point that would be awesome and that that's something i think could happen that doesn't have to be super far down the road you know i would love to fight internationally that's a really good question just kind of kind of wait and see but yeah i, I just i guess i'm kind of a kind of an opportunist you know i'm not not so much like I have to follow this specific path to get to this specific goal. You know, I have my goals and I'm going to reach them. However, I want to take the dopest fights and the dopest opportunities on the way there. You know, I'm I'm not opposed to, to any fight, whatever it is. You know, that's, that's why I took those kickboxing fights and fights kind of at random places, you know, and I'm down for whatever, man. If it's something that genuinely excites me, I'll hop on that all day, you know, because... At the end of the day, we're all going to be dead one day. You know what? I, I don't want to look back and be like, man, that would have been cool, but I kind of played it safe and did this or that. And yeah, fuck that, man. I want, I want to, I want to take the best fights for like things that interest me the most. You know, because um, at the end of the day, that's why I do it, man. I, I do it because I love it, and I think that's what what'll keep keep me loving it for the long term. You know, just having fun with it. Like I said, just having fun with it, man.
0: Knowing that you want to fight overseas, let me throw this one at you. Other than Cleveland, Ohio, of course, because, again, Forged in Ohio, we're going to promote Ohio more than anything. What of is course. your dream location and, I guess, dream opponent as well for you to fight at and to fight the opponent?
1: Man, that's a good question. I think, so dream place, I think Rome would be fucking sick just because, mm-hmm. like, the gladiator lineage and all that. You know, that would be kind of cool to – have that true modern day gladiator feel in a fight. You know, it would be awesome to fight in Rome. And the dream opponent, ooh, I would love. Kind of, I think it would be awesome to fight like a childhood hero. You know what I mean? It would okay. be cool to to fight someone that I loved watching as a kid. It would be awesome to get in there and just throw down with them. You know what I mean? Just, just for little Blake. You know, just to just to go out there and fight someone that I looked up to and would continue to look up to, you know, but I think that would be awesome. So then that's a, that's a giant list of people. I can't even name a specific (laughs) one, but yeah.
0: Yeah, man. I love the, the romance. So that would be awesome. That that gladiator feel like you mentioned too. Do you think that by the time your career is over that you'll be remembered for more than just the broken nose you suffered in your second pro fight? Are you going to go on, do more and, and, and bigger things too?
1: I think so, man. I think so think if I just, again, one of those things that if I don't focus on it too much, if I just keep, just keep being me, you know what I mean? I think memorable shit will happen, you know what I mean? just right. Because I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a weirdo and people remember me anyway. So I think if I just keep, just keep being genuine to myself and going out there and doing it because I love it, I think the, the rememberable stuff will happen, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the kind of how it's went so far, you know, I think I'll just kind of stay on that path. And, you know, and hey, if people only remember me for the broken nose, like I said, maybe, I don't know, I'll get a T-shirt deal or something when I'm retired and make some money off that. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, man. Do you think you're going to go on, do bigger things, and be more well-known for other things as opposed to just that broken nose that you suffered in your second pro fight? Before we wrap up, Lake, anything you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, sponsorships, things going on at your gym, the floor is yours, man.
1: Yes. Um, So first and foremost, I want to shout out Amini Kapapa, um, the Landshark, and Julian Prado. Those are two of my teammates. They're fighting in uh, Napa, California this Saturday, the 24th uh, for my my buddy Amini is fighting for his first amateur belt. So, you know, like I said, I'm sure this will probably come out after that or whatever. But I just want to shout out those guys because I'm super proud of them. I'm super stoked. And then everyone else at the gym—my my buddies Terrence Saturn, Caesar Gonzalez, the whole fight team, Houston Skibic, uh our coach Sonny Ramos—just got the he got awarded the fucking key to the city last night. Actually, yeah, just for all the awesome things he's done with the gym and the community. So shout out everyone there, and then of course my my family back home. You know, yeah, just just everyone, all, my family, all the all the kids. You know, my brothers got little kids, my sisters got little kids, my cousin Joe. I grew up with, he's like a brother to me, his, his son too, and his family. Outside of that, you know, I think that that's pretty much it, man. Uh, my Instagram is BlakeMMA170. Other than that, I don't really have much social media, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, man, shout out to you too. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun today. Thank you for reaching out. You know what I mean? I, I had a lot of fun, so shout out to you too.
0: Yeah, of course, man. Thank you. And uh, good luck to your teammates this weekend. That's big news there. You also have a tattoo shop in Ohio, right, that you go to?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, My cousin Joe that I just brought up, the one I grew up with. um, Yes, uh, Telltale Tattoos in Youngstown, Ohio. He's doing big things over there. So uh, definitely anyone, a lot of Ohio people obviously listen to this podcast. So anyone in the Youngstown area, definitely hit up Telltale Tattoos Joe Perry on Instagram. And I'm, I'm sure he would lo- love to work with you guys. So uh, he does awesome work. And I- I'm a, definitely a big tattoo fan myself. So I don't go, don't go anywhere else when I'm out there.
0: Yeah, man, even somebody like me, like I'm looking out for a tattoo artist. So maybe I'll, I'll check him out too, man.
1: Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. Do you have a, sure.
0: a favorite piece of your own?
1: I would say probably, probably my stomach piece, I think. I have a, a Medusa head on my stomach that my cousin did that is pretty gnarly. I like that one a lot.
0: Yeah, that's sick, man. Well, thanks again, Blake, for joining me on the show. I enjoyed digging through your career and even more so talking to you about it. You have a very infectious personality, and you certainly brought that here to the show. Before I let you go, I know you've been away from Ohio for some time now, but I always end interviews on Fortune Ohio with the OHIO chant. So help me out here, man. OHIO. Thanks, Blake. Again, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. I appreciate you joining me. I can't wait to see what you do next in MMA, and hopefully we can do this again down the line. Hey, man, I appreciate you. And uh, when I'm back home, let's kick it, dude. If you're around, let's, let's kick it
1: when I'm back in Ohio.
0: 100%, man. Let's do it. All right, bro. That was Nature Boy Blake Perry, the two-in-one professional mixed martial artist who, yes, does represent the state of Ohio very well every single time he steps in the cage. While he's going to be forever known for breaking his nose in that viral moment of his second fight, I think we all are going to remember Blake Perry for something much different and much bigger by the time his days of competing in MMA come to an end. For now, we definitely know that Blake Perry is must see every single time he competes. I appreciate him for joining me, and I appreciate you for tuning in to this episode of Forged in Ohio. May was the biggest month in the show's history, and the month of June has been very kind to me as well. So seriously, thank you for all the support. Of course, if you haven't checked out the show on social media at Forged in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, don't forget to download episodes while you're listening to them that helps me out more than you know i've been your host jake murren and this was another edition of forged in ohio